Good morning, Midland Free. Good morning. Welcome here. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I'm glad to see a few more of you here now. Happy spring break. Today I'd like to open with a story from children's literature by an author by the name of Arnold Lobel. Does anyone know what books Arnold Lobel writes just by chance? Blank. All right. Here's a hint. They're green. They're not mean. They're two little buddies by the name of Frog and Toad. Frog and Toad together is the series that I'm pulling this morning's illustration from. In particular, the chapter on the garden, on the garden. And what happens essentially is this. Toad is the younger, more immature. Frog is the older, wiser. And Toad goes over to Frog's house and he says, Frog, what a beautiful, beautiful garden you have. How do I get one of those? And Frog says, oh, Toad, what you do is you simply plant these seeds And then before long, after a while, you'll have a garden. And so Toad goes home, he plants the seeds, and there's no garden. He's looking and waiting, and he can't figure out what in the world is going on. I did exactly what he said. I planted the seeds and no garden. And so he decides maybe his seeds are scared. And so he reads bedtime stories to them. He sings to them. He plays his viola to them. And reads poetry as well. And nothing seems to happen. Eventually he wears himself out. And falls asleep. As the book goes on. The discovery that. Toad arrives at. Eventually is that. Results simply do not. Spring up. Overnight. Instead successful gardening. Requires time. And not only time. But hard work. Blood, sweat, tears, patience, endurance, perseverance, all of those things. But if, if he sticks at it long enough, then what he discovers is that eventually he reaps great rewards. Well, as in gardening, so too in spiritual growth. The theme for today is this, that cultivation leads to transformation cultivation leads to transformation it may not it will not necessarily happen overnight but if if we stick with it there is a guarantee that eventually we will reap great rewards i'm pulling this from ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24 and we'll go ahead and read that text right now This is Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17, and it says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. How do they walk, Paul? Well, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. They have become callous and, here's a key phrase, have given themselves up. They have given up to the sensuality, greed, and practice of every kind of impurity. But, here's one of those big buts of scripture. But, that is not the way that you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard, I'm going to pull that word out in a little bit, the word heard. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth 
is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and be renewed or cultivated in the spirits of your mind, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So spiritual growth, like gardening, requires cultivation. The problem is, I think a lot of us are a lot like toad in the sense that it's very easy to get discouraged. We assume that we're going to get results instantly or overnight. You know, I recognize I got a problem with, say, anger. And so I'm going to pray to God, dear God, please forgive me for my sin. Help me to get better. And amen. Where is it? I should no longer be angry or I should be better. I should have given up this struggle that I continually have with lust or anger or greed or whatever. And yet it doesn't seem to work that way. We're still, we may go to church or some other place and we encounter someone who seems to have it all together. They apparently have a very beautiful spiritual garden. All of the fruit of the spirit seems to emanate from them. Love, joy, peace, patience, perseverance. And we say, wow, you really seem to have it all together. What can I do to be like you? What's your secret sauce? Tell me, what's the answer? And they say, go plant these seeds of faith and you'll have a beautiful garden. But the thing is, is like gardening, spiritual perfection doesn't pop up overnight. Perfection does not pop up overnight. Instead, it is the long, slow, arduous process of the cultivation of the soil of our souls. Here's the problem. The problem is this, is when we think of things that we want, we often want them to happen quickly. But when they do not, our temptation is to discouragement. We want to say, God, this is not working. I tried to be more forgiving. I tried to be more kind, and I'm still not. Well, you've been at it for a day, a week, a month. I've been at it my whole life. Yeah, but you're only X number of years. What is that to God? Here's the thing. The problem we encounter, I think there's lots of problems to spirituality, but one of the first ones, one of the biggest ones, is that we simply give up. We don't try long enough. When you read the first part of Ephesians here in this section, it describes the unspiritual, ungodly, unregenerate, non-Christian person. And one of the things you notice at the very end is they've just given themselves over. They've completely given up. They've said, you know what? Forget it. And as a result, they're soul, their conscience, their ability to change, all of this becomes calloused. It becomes hard. There is no hope once you give up. As long as you keep trying, there is potential for forward progress. The only mistake you can make is to stop trying. All the other mistakes don't matter as long as you keep going. But at the end of the day, the worst mistake you can make is to quit. When you decide on that, then you're done. Every other mistake you can get over. But the one big one is to give up. But here's the problem we run into, even if not on a grand scale, at least on a micro one, like I'm done. I'm done for the day. I don't want to keep going. Why should I? That's the problem. But the solution is this. God gives us an assurance. He, God really does. He, he is a whole lot better 
than frogs. See, in Toad's case, he could get discouraged because he doesn't have a garden like frog. And frog, his buddy, could come along and say, don't worry, Toad. It'll get better. Things will improve. And Toad might believe him. But the thing is, even if you're the best gardener in the world, the results are no guarantee. Even if you're the best farmer in the world, you still buy crop insurance because you don't know. It could be El Nino. It could be whatever. It could be a crazy year. And all of a sudden, everything goes south and you have no control over that. But the thing is, in the spiritual realm, there is a better assurance than probability. And the better assurance than probability is a promise. Galatians 6, 9. Look at this. Galatians 6, 9. It says this. This is God's promise to you. Here's the solution to the fear or the desire to give in or give up. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Why? For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. No matter how long that struggle has been going with that child, with that sin, with that whatever, don't give up. There is an absolute guarantee and promise in scripture that if you keep going in due season, you will reap. God himself assures us that if, now listen to this big if, here's a huge if. If you are a Christian, not only can you change, but you will change. If you are a Christian, you will change God guarantees that if you're not changing you should probably ask yourself some serious questions but if you can see at least even incremental movement then you're headed in the right direction here's the thing God's purpose is your perfection God's purpose is your perfection he did not send Jesus to die on the cross and shed his blood Just so you can sit there and wallow in your sin. That is not worth it. The reason he sent Jesus was to make you holy. To make you like Jesus. To give you a chance to fellowship with him. And as a result bring him glory. God's purpose is your perfection. Let me show you that in the Bible. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 1. Now here's the thing. I I won't start reading right away. Let me just remind you of this. Ephesians chapter 1 is super important. And I said that when we went through it, and now we're in chapters 4 through 6. Chapters 4 through 6, if you read ahead, they're going to just start giving you all this stuff to do. Like, husbands love your wives, and wives submit to your husbands, and forgive one another, and don't get angry, and this and that and this and that. And if you read these, you're like, wow, that's a pretty tall order. But the reality is this. The only reason we can have chapters 4 through 6 is because of chapters 1 through 3. Chapters 4 through 6 hang on chapters 1 through 3. Everything hangs on the cross. Because Jesus gave himself up and sacrificed his own self-interest for us, then husbands we can give ourselves up and sacrifice on behalf of our wives. Because Jesus 
the only begotten son of the living God, no higher position or importance than that, submitted to his father, then women, you can submit to your husbands. Not because you're inferior. Jesus was not inferior. But because he intentionally set aside his rights to follow the leadership that was in that relationship. That's the way it works. Chapters 4 through 6 hang on chapters 1 through 3. We can forgive because God forgave us. Now we're looking at this spot where it's talking about righteousness and holiness. And I'm saying to you that God's purpose is your perfection. You may, as I do, feel a long way from that. Nowhere close to perfect. Perhaps we should just give up. But I am telling you that if you keep going, you will be perfect. Did you hear what I just said? (laughs) Amen. Listen. My perfection is a guarantee. Debbie, your perfection is a guarantee. You will be perfect someday. Jack, you can look at Paulette and honestly tell her, Paulette, I don't know what you see now. But I will be perfect someday. It's a promise. And it's not Jack's promise. It's Jesus's promise. And that's why it's a guarantee. Because chapters 4 through 6. This call to perfection. Hangs or depends on. The promise of chapters 1 through 3. Everything in 4 through 6. Depend on 1 through 3. You see earlier I read this text. And I said. And Paul said. Assuming you heard. And I said, listen to that word heard, because I'm going to bring it up again. Here it comes. Are you ready? Here it comes. So, I hope this is the right verse. It's in there somewhere. I'll show you in a minute. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, it says this. This is his will. I just told you God's purpose. His will is your perfection. Here it is in the Bible. Not Pastor Jeremy. This is God's word. His will, which he set forth in Christ. This is the reason he sent Jesus, remember? As a plan for the fullness of time. This is God's plan. Do you think you can thwart it? Nobody can. Predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things. No one can get in the way according to the counsel of his will. In him you also, when you, up oh, there it is. When you heard The word of truth. See, this is how it happens. When you hear and believe, God saves you. And he doesn't save you to leave you where you're at. He saves you to change you. And if you heard that, and if you believe that, that means you will change. Guarantee. That's what the Bible says. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed That's a guarantee, a stamp, an unchangeable thing. You can't lose it. You didn't earn it. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Who is the what? The probability? The hope? The maybe? The well? Perhaps? No way. Holy Spirit is a real person, almighty God, who cannot be stopped. He is the guarantee Of our inheritance. Until we require. The possession of it. If you have the Holy Spirit. There's no going back. 
It's a guarantee. You will be perfect. There's this problem, see, in the process, it's long, it's slow, it's difficult. We don't see the change overnight. We're like, why God? What's up? But there's a promise. And the promise overcomes the problem. And we need to trust or believe in the promise of God that if we keep trying, he will reward our efforts. If you do not give up, Galatians says, you will reap in due season. See, the call depends on the promise. There's no way we can be holy. But if God promises he'll make us holy, then we'll get there. It's not on our efforts. It's on his promise. See, our perfection is a guarantee. Now, I know that sounds crazy because only Christ is absolutely perfect. But look, the Bible says that Jesus was the first fruits. And just like God raised him from the dead, we too will be risen from the dead. So, yeah, we'll die. And our bodies will decay, but Jesus will make us a new one, and then we'll be perfect forever and ever, and there's no going back. This is not in the sweet by and by. This is the concrete reality of the promise of God. We will be perfect. And that's a tremendous encouragement and a tremendous assurance. No matter what we face, no matter how bad we messed up today, tomorrow, in the end, we will get there. That's based on God. So I want you to say this with me right now, and I know it's a little bit bold, and let me be careful about what we're saying. We're not committing heresy. We're not standing here saying, I am perfect right now. If that is the case, God should strike me dead. But what we are saying is that we believe the promises of God, and even though we're not there now, we will be. So I want you to try saying this with me, even if it feels a little bit awkward. I'm going to say it first, and then we'll say it together. I want you to actually say today, My perfection is a guarantee. Are you ready for that? Can you say that? Even if you don't believe it. Even if you're not there yet. Even if you haven't fully put it in your heart. I've been working on this all week and I haven't fully got that in my heart. Like, man, can I? Wow. My perfection is a guarantee. You know what that means? If that's true, man, I can rest. I mean, not like do nothing. Gardening is still work. But gardening's both in, right? You make hay when the sun shines. But when it's raining, you go in and sit by the fire. Because you can't go out and harvest or plant or do anything then. And you need the rain. So gardening's both active and passive. Spirituality is both active and passive. Yeah, at times you work your tail off, but other times you just rest. And you let God do his thing. So that eventually the plant grows. In us, the same thing. So when I encounter something, if I fail and I feel discouraged, I can process that in in such a way as say, yeah, I blew it. But now is the time for me to rest in God and his grace and his assurance because he guarantees that I will be perfect. It's a guarantee. I can rest in that. I can rest. So say this with me now. I'll say it one more time, and you say it out loud. My perfection is a guarantee. Are you ready? Let's go. My perfection is a guarantee. Amen. Guarantee, if you're believing in Jesus and the promises of God are true, you have the Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee. If indeed you heard this word, the gospel of truth, which is your salvation, then you are sealed and marked with the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul just said. 
So, spiritual growth. We all want to grow. I'm assuming you want to change. Probably something you thought of earlier when we watched that video. This is what I'd like God to do in me. You may have said that thing a hundred thousand times and it's still not there. But God promises. God promises. Even though it requires a huge amount of time. That indeed, there is an assurance. He will reward your efforts if you don't give up. So what do we do then? Okay, so there's there's the problem that time tempts one to give up. There's a solution to trust in the promise. Just keep trying and God will reward our efforts. The application then is this. Verse 23 tells us, says to be renewed in the spirits of your mind. To be renewed in the spirits of your mind. Now, what does that mean? Well, Romans 12 says a similar thing. It says it like this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, which remember that earlier section showed you what that looked like. Ephesians 4, where it says, you know, this is the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. What this means is this. Just like spiritual growth, just like gardening, so too spiritual growth. It's not going to happen overnight. But you need to continually renew the soil of your soul. Well, how do you renew the soil of your soul? Well, if you don't do anything to it, it just grows hard. And then it gets calloused. And then it dies. And then you're in trouble. But what do you do to your garden? Every day or every week you want to what? Water it, right? Someone told me this week that they water their plants at the exact same time every week. Because that's what their grandpa told them and it seems to work. You got to keep the soil soft. And so what that means is it means water, weed, repeat. Water, weed, repeat. Water, weed, repeat. Water, weed, weed, repeat. All summer long. Throughout the whole season, never stop. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And just believe that those little tender, tiny shoots are going to get bigger. You can't make them get bigger. You can't grab them and stretch them and pull on them. You can't yell at them. You can't scare them. You can't command them. You just have to wait. So too with your own soul. You've got to water, weed, weed, repeat. What's that mean? If there are weeds in your life, get them out. Those will kill you. Those will choke out your spiritual plant. You know what your sins are. Another portion of scripture says, put them to death, man. You've got to kill it. You can't let that stuff sit there. It will drown out everything else. You've got to pull the weeds. No messing around with sin. And this is going to get very specific in the next few sermons about what sins he's thinking of. But you can't let them sit there. And even if they're in a seed form and you haven't really entertained that thought too much. Man, as soon as it gets water, it's going to explode. You know. Growing like weeds. Weeds grow. You don't have to try to make them grow. They grow on their own. And if you even let a seed of a weed sit there. At its first opportune time, it'll grow in between the cracks on the concrete. How does it do that? I can't grow grass in the soil of my lawn. Weeds are popping up in the middle of our parking lot. What's up with that? That's the way sin works too. You don't even have to try and sin will grow in your life. In fact, if you don't try, it'll grow in your life. The only way to keep sin out is to keep weeding. 
Gardening is hard work. People, it's backbreaking work. They bend over, they reach, they pull, they dig, they get dirty. That's what it means to get sin out of your life. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be messy. It's going to be sweaty. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. It's called weeding. Get the weeds out. Then, once you do that, daily, you got to water. At least weekly. Why do you think regular worship is important? You need to be in church. That's part of your watering. Someone else is building into you right now. You don't even have to do it. You sit there and listen. And you're getting poured on. Now, it's a lot better if you become a self-feeder as well and you feed yourself throughout the week because this isn't enough. You're going to get pretty thirsty midweek. So you got to feed yourself. Be in the Word. Get a devotional. Do something to restore your soul. Water, feed, weed, repeat over and over and over and over and over again. And then you wait. And then you wait and you trust the promises and you believe that what God said He will do will come true. Water, weed, wait, repeat. That's it. That's the story of spiritual growth. And I know, you'll be like, man, it's not working. Well, you've got the rest of your life. You really do. You need to keep going until you're done. And then once you're done, you're done. In the book, Frog and Toad Together... It is funny. I'll I'll pick it up and see the last few pages. So one day, so Toad had worked really, really hard. He fell asleep. He's just laying next to the dirt. All of a sudden, Frog comes along and he says, Toad, Toad, wake up. Look, look, look at your garden. And it shows, I should have got another picture of this, but it shows little tiny weeds. Or not weeds. (laughs) Little tiny plants. The seeds had sprouted. Toad looked at his little garden and plants were coming up out of the ground. And at last, Toad shouted, my seeds have stopped being afraid to grow. And now you'll have a nice garden too, says Frog. Yes, said Toad. But you were right, Frog. Gardening is really hard work. Indeed it is. Gardening is hard. Spiritual growth is hard. Neither of them happen overnight. But keep going, don't quit. Cultivation leads to transformation. Cultivation leads to transformation. Can you say it again? I'm going to ask you one more time. My perfection is a guarantee. Are you ready? My perfection is a guarantee. It's true. Ephesians tells you so. So is the rest of the Bible. Romans 8. Keep going, don't quit. If you keep going, God will, will reward your efforts. Continually renew your perspective. Keep going at all cost. His purpose is your perfection. Ephesians 1, verses 13 through 14, one more time and then we'll close. says this, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Father, we thank you and praise you for your perfect promises, which are true even in our lives. 
Lord, I know in my life many times I want to doubt and I start to wonder when I fail and mess up if I'll ever get to where you want me to be. I know that your promises are true. And so I pray that you'd help me to believe them. Keep going, not quit. Help me to water, weed, wait, and repeat. God, you're perfect, you're good, and you're true. Your promises are real. And our perfection is a guarantee. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.